response. It's probably the most vilified emotional response on the planet. Because of this, people are desperate to know what to do with their anger, how to prevent being angry, right? The good news is that there's actually a hack you can use so that you no longer feel powerless to your anger. Before I give you this hack, I will say that if you want to understand anger in depth, you can watch my video titled How to Deal with Anger. But I want you to remember the following statement. I mean, never forget it. Anger is about unworkability. If you're ever in a situation where you feel anger, it means that you're perceiving some element of that situation to be completely unworkable. Now, why does this make you so angry? <laughs> because wherever there is unworkability in a situation that's causing you pain, the fact that it's unworkable means that it's like a lifetime sentence to pain. No matter what you do, you're trapped in pain and you can't get out of it. That's your perception. So think about it like this. If you perceive something to be causing you pain on an emotional, mental, or physical level, that implies that you need something to change about that situation or in that circumstance so that you can feel good. Now, if you actually believed in your capacity to change the situation so it did feel good, you wouldn't actually get angry. Instead, you would feel empowered. So anger happens to the response that you have in your body when you feel disempowered relative to a situation that's causing you pain or making you afraid. If you perceive whatever is causing you pain or fear to be unworkable, you immediately feel powerless. I'll give you some examples here of how anger in a specific situation is really about the perception of unworkability. A woman gets angry because her husband's socks are on the floor, which is a chronic pattern of his, by the way, despite the fact that she has asked him not to do it. What really hurts her about this is that it makes her feel like he doesn't care about her. Maybe what she feels is unworkable is getting her husband to consider her. Your next example. A working mother gets angry because she feels judged both ways. Other mothers judge her for working when she has a child to prioritize, and colleagues judge her for having a child when her priority should be work. What really hurts her about the situation is that it makes her feel like she's never good enough. She's afraid that her child will see her this way when she or he grows up. Maybe what she feels is unworkable is other people's extreme and impossible standards. Her inability to change anyone's mind about what she should do. Another example, a man gets angry at a friend of his when his friend gets into a specific college and he does not. What hurts him about the situation is that he feels inferior to his friend. It feels unfair that his friend had more support for getting in than he did, and so the odds were stacked for his friend and against him. Maybe what he feels is unworkable is getting support. Your anger comes in to try to rescue you out of that powerlessness or that unworkability that creates that powerlessness. In this way, you can see anger as a protector. Another way of saying this is that unworkability is like a solid wall. There's no movement in it. You can't create any changes in it. And so it's a solid brick wall. Anger comes up as a last-ditch effort, kind of like a grenade that thrown at that brick wall might do something to make it movable or to collapse it or to make you empowered in any way. Remember, last-ditch effort for empowerment in the situation that you find yourself in. If you listened closely to everything that I just said, all of a sudden the anger that toddlers or teenagers are so incredibly famous for will suddenly make sense. It's really about feeling like they don't actually have the empowerment to bring about the things that they want. 
In other words, their anger is actually about a lack of empowerment. Toddlers are at an age of autonomy where they need to be able to develop their own desires and also experience the process of being able to bring their desires to fruition. Kids turn into angry kids because they feel zero empowerment to turn their lives into what they need their lives to look like in order to feel good. This means they're trapped in pain. And adults are exactly the same way. It's just that so many adults struggle with anger because they've been conditioned in their childhood to believe that it doesn't matter if they're in pain, they can't do anything about it, and the people around them certainly aren't going to help them do anything about it, and so it doesn't matter what they do, they're just going to stay in pain. They are disempowered about whatever area of their life they feel angry about. When children experience a threat to their well-being, the adults in their life have to help them figure out a way so that they feel empowerment to make their lives feel better to avert that threat or do something about it. It's about being able to feel empowered that if something's making me feel bad, I can change it into something that feels good. However, this is not usually something that happens if you watch the childhood environment. For example, a kid really wants a bike. They're feeling in pain about the fact that they can't get around as much as they want to get around. Now, the vast majority of parents aren't going to help the kid find a way that the kid can create that bike. For themselves, that they can achieve it, that they can get it, that they can become more locomotive. Instead, the average parent's going to look at the kid and say, but I'm not going to get it for you because we're too poor. See that solid wall? That's unworkable. So this type of an experience, I'm going to give you another one in a second, is the type of experience that conditions a kid to grow up to be an adult who believes that they don't actually have the capacity to bring about what they want. And so they get angry. Here's another example. Let's say that a child is in pain because they have a painful dynamic happening with their dad. Maybe dad has the tendency of doing or saying things that makes them feel disapproved of. In the childhood environment, it's very rare that a child has the capacity to bring up this is what's causing you pain and for dad to sit down and be like, all right, well, I don't want you to be in pain, so let's figure out a way that we can feel more empowered in the situation. So that's what would feel good, maybe figuring out a different way of communicating or a different thing that we can do together to make this relationship feel good. Usually, the answer that the kid gets is something like, suck it up, buttercup. See? Unworkable. Kid gets mad. If this kind of experience happens over and over, a kid grows up to believe that they are genuinely powerless. So I want you to remember that a person who struggles with chronic anger in adulthood is a person who learned that things are unworkable, even if things are workable. Your anger will always reveal what in your life you feel disempowered about, but most people don't call out that disempowerment or call out that thing that feels unworkable directly so as to work with it. But if you want to use this hack for dealing with anger, you're going to have to call it out directly. What is it that's unworkable? What is it that's making me feel disempowered? So here's your hack. You ready? Anytime you feel angry, you are going to use the sensation of that anger as an alarm bell. And when that alarm bell goes off, you're going to ask yourself the following question. What in this situation do I feel is totally unworkable? Name it directly. From there, all of your focus should change to the unworkability sector of the situation you're dealing with. Not whatever situation the unworkability itself is showing up in. 
So you're going to ask yourself the following questions. First of all, is it really unworkable? Maybe you can tell whoever is involved in the situation what you feel is totally unworkable so that you can draw their attention to it so that they can problem solve that unworkability with you. By the way, this is a really good tool to have to name the unworkability directly and bring it up with somebody so that they're problem solving it also because people have a tendency once you bring up the fact that they're being unworkable relative to something that you're experiencing, they have the tendency to see their own unworkability and not feel good about the fact that they've got that solid rigidness. So you get a lot more pliability with other people who may be unworkable in a situation if you draw their attention to whatever element you feel is unworkable. You're going to ask yourself the question, what could I try to do so that the situation that feels unworkable is workable instead? Now here's the next question you're going to ask yourself, and you get to only ask yourself this question if you have really arrived at the place where a situation that you're in is actually unworkable. Most situations you think are unworkable are actually workable. But let's pretend you get in a situation that's like really unworkable. Like it's a situation you just have to accept. For example, I want this person to come back to life, but they died. What's unworkable is bringing them back to life, right? Yeah, maybe you need to accept that that's completely unworkable. So here's the question that you're going to ask yourself in that type of a situation. If I accept that unworkability instead of simply accepting that my life will be pain, what would I do instead? We have the tendency to make our anger, which is about unworkability, about surface things. For example, let's go back to that analogy that we gave, or the example rather that we gave of the woman who has the issue with her husband leaving the socks on the floor. Now, it's tempting to think that the way to resolve the issue here is about figuring out some workable way to get it so that he picks his socks up off the floor. But when she looked at the situation and realized what's really unworkable is the fact that I feel like he doesn't actually care, like at all. I and mean, because he doesn't care, he doesn't consider me. Okay, now if that's the issue, and that's the unworkability, she's gonna be putting her focus and energy in a completely different area than the socks on the floor. And if she does that, if she identifies that as the unworkability, look at how different the steps that she's gonna to take to create workability are gonna be. It's gonna be things like this. Communicating this fact to her husband. Attending relationship counseling, which may make the relationship better or may make her aware that she's not in the right relationship doing shadow work with her root wounds around not feeling loved in childhood, committing to the mastery of relationship and seeking out people to teach her about that specifically, spending time around people who consider her in what they do. In other words, these are the steps that she might take to restore empowerment into the sector of unworkability, which is, I have a husband that I feel like or perceive doesn't care and I perceive him to be unworkable and that he won't consider me. If we try to make that empowerment about finding out a strategy to get him to pick up his socks off the floor, it would be missing the mark of where the actual disempowerment and unworkability is, and so it wouldn't do anything to resolve the anger. When you are able to identify the true perception of unworkability underneath your anger, the anger dissipates. It dissipates because it's no longer trying to rescue you from that threat, because you've consciously chosen to be empowered by going directly towards it instead. You get that if anger is a protector, and it is, and instead of it having a purpose because it can't protect you in any way because you're directly going towards that unworkability, instead of it trying to save you away from the unworkability, it no longer has a purpose. Anger is only there if it serves a purpose. 
So if you go in the direction of figuring out what that unworkability is and try to figure out how to introduce workability into the unworkable situation, the anger has no reason to be there, so it won't. It won't be there. So what happens when it's not there? What happens is that you drop down into those layers that are underneath it, you know, those things that it was trying to rescue you out of. So you'll drop down into feelings of pain, feelings of sadness, whatever fear that that anger is trying to rescue you out of. When you are staring at resistance directly, and by the way, when you're working with unworkability, you're working with resistance, so. When you're staring at the resistance directly, what happens is it puts you squarely in this empowered seat of strategy. Suddenly you are able, almost like a chess player, you're able to see what strategies might actually create workability in that unworkable situation, and which ones may totally fail. Now this gets really interesting because it means that quite often when you're staring at that unworkability in the face, it becomes obvious that anger in fact makes an unworkable situation even more unworkable. And when you are looking at it in that way, your being often lets go of the strategy of anger completely because it sees this isn't a strategy that's gonna work on the unworkability. In other words, it's not gonna make me any more empowered. When you look directly at what the unworkability is in a situation that's making you feel angry, it will cause you to do completely different things to resolve the situation than you would have done originally. It will be obvious how things that the anger may cause you to do to create workability, like raising your voice or getting violent or walking out the door, is the wrong strategy. And by the way, I need you to see that. That what anger does is it causes you to behave in ways that you think introduces workability into a situation that is unworkable. For example, if somebody is stonewalling you, then your anger will force you to walk out the door because you're convinced that that's going to make the person who's stonewalling you more workable. It may or may not be the case. That's why looking directly at that unworkability might actually reveal a different strategy to create workability in the situation. You did not come here to put up with things the way they are. You are meant to be empowered. Anger directly reveals those areas where empowerment needs to come back into your life as long as you are willing to see the unworkability that your anger is trying to call your attention to directly so as to strategize how to make it workable instead. In other words, empowerment is about facing your disempowerment directly. And finding workability is about calling out those elements of unworkability that exist and consciously strategizing ways to make the unworkable workable. And that process makes anger obsolete. Have a good week. If you liked this video, be sure to share it, like it, and also subscribe to my channel so you can see more content like this. But I want to personally thank you for taking the initiative and having the bravery to step into the space of awareness, not only for yourself, but for the benefit of those around you.